You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Hello everybody and welcome into another episode of the OKC82 Podcast. I am Madison Morris along with Brady Trantham via phone call after a rather tragic game in Chesapeake Energy Arena tonight where the Oklahoma City Thunder drop a game on the Christmas Eve Eve to the Minnesota Timberwolves 114 to 112. Uh, it definitely came down to crunch time there at the end and the Thunder were just not able to finish. Minnesota definitely came out fighting tonight. Uh, yeah, it was just an all-around pretty neck-to-neck game there at the end. Uh, Minnesota really did have their way in the third quarter. Thunder definitely had their way in the second. It was just one of those games where it just wasn't meant to work out in the end. But Brady, kind of take us through this game. What did you see uh, with the Thunder? What did you see with the Timberwolves? And just why did it go more of the Timberwolves' way tonight? Well, first of all, we need to just apologize to all the children in attendance tonight, all the kids watching the Thunder abroad. I'm sorry the Thunder ruined, you know, Christmas. <laughs> it's 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 like you said, it was a tragic game. So you know, we got to think about all the kids that watched the game and cried their little eyes out. It's it's really sad. It's really sad. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, the Thunder, not 24. Obviously, it's it's well past 24 hours ago because. Because of tragic technical difficulties of our own, Madison, we're having to record this podcast a few hours after you did, did such a great job of uh, oh, running the post-game you. show with Mr. Matt Ravis. I listened to the whole thing. And other than the uh, Brady Trantham Memorial <laughs> kick-ass <laughs> possession of the game, which I, I can confirm that I'm still alive. But um, he did a wonderful job. But, yes, yeah, sadly, we're having to regurgitate this podcast out a few hours later. But... For the Thunder's sake, they were, of course, in quite the playoff atmosphere in Salt Lake City the night before in a highly emotional game, a highly physical game, just a great game overall, fun game to watch. Thunder, of course, eked that win out by one point after Russell Westbrook fouls Donovan Mitchell, misses the free throw, gets the second one to fall. Uh, the Thunder <laughs> luckily just inbound the ball, win the game, and you can kind of see this loss coming just because of how that game went and right. all the emotions and the energy that went into that. Having said that, I was actually, I came away from this game very impressed with the Thunder because it, it, it had all the signs of the Timberwolves just running away with this game, especially midway through the first quarter into the second quarter when they started taking that 10-point lead, double-digit lead. It just looked like, okay, this, this Thunder team's tired. No one could blame them. Just take the L and move on. But right. they still fought, took a 10-point lead themselves, and then it just kind of turned into the Timberwolves just getting uncharacteristically hot from the three-point line. And despite that, the Thunder still fought. It's like, it's like the basketball gods just looked down on Oklahoma City and just said, just take the L. It's okay. <laughs> there are 82 of these things. It's okay. Just take the L. But the Thunder just said, no, we want to win. <laughs> right. And they kept trying and trying and trying. And a great effort by Russell Westbrook in the second half to lead the, help lead the Thunder back. Paul George, of course, continued his, his great play, even though he kind of cooled down in the uh, third or the fourth quarter where he had only two points. I think it was the third quarter he only had two points. But just great efforts by individuals across the board, Stephen Adams, Jeremy Grant, offense and defense. And 
really it came down to more than a questionable call on an Andrew Wiggins free throw in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. when uh, Jeremy Grant w- looked like he was just doing a routine box out of Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson then grabs Jeremy Grant and throws him to the floor. Nothing malicious, but it was just, it looked like, okay, this is a clear Taj Gibson foul. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it, it just plot twist, the officials thought Jeremy Grant committed the foul, gives the Timberwolves two more free throws Gibson's able to knock down one but I really felt that that was kind of the turning point at that point I thought okay the Thunder are probably just going to lose this but at the end of the day I've talked I've rambled on for about three minutes now at the (laughs) end of the day not the worst loss in the world I kind of saw it coming beforehand because of the back-to-back but again I overall I'm, I'm fairly impressed with this team and I'm fairly impressed with this game they got everything they wanted considering all factors no, I agree, and I really don't think this is a bad loss for the Thunder because, like we were saying earlier, they are coming off a back uh, back-to-back. They did have a very emotionally draining game in Utah. Obviously, that was a game that, you know, they hadn't been to Salt Lake City since last season, and uh, that was when they were eliminated from the first round of playoffs. So they're going to have a little fire under their feet when it comes to the Jazz. So, you know, after only taking that win last night by one point, I, I just really have a strong feeling the Thunder came in not – necessarily drained tonight but just you know really wanting to just seal the deal on this and move on and I think that actually may have worked to their disadvantage because the Minnesota Timberwolves came out firing I think they had a lot of good plans drawn up for this game I think they had a lot of good um, just they had a lot of good energy energy coming into Chesapeake tonight and so they really wanted to take this win from the Thunder and they were able to uh I, you know, Matt and I were talking a little bit about uh, a couple of matchups that we saw tonight. Um, I was very intrigued by the Carl Anthony Towns matchup with Steven Adams. I mean, we got to go ahead and address the elephant in the room, which is not even an elephant. It's more of a couple of Kiwis that got kicked in tonight once again. Bless Steven Adams' heart. Uh, he did have to endure the Kiwi kicking once again by Carl Anthony Towns. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was very interesting to watch Cat uh, and Steven go up against each other. Two huge guys, two very strong, aggressive players. I think Cat was perfect in the first quarter or maybe the first half as a whole. He did uh, leave the court at one point going 4-4 four four from the field. He was 1-1 one of one from 3. So, you know, Cat had a pretty good night, even though he didn't finish uh, super high in points, I would say. I mean, he did finish with 18 points, but... You know, he had a lot of good shots there in the first half, and he really kicked off the Timberwolves' energy pretty strong. But other than Cat and Steven, I was really impressed with uh, Tyus Jones against Russell. Russell did have a lot of good stuff coming for him in the fourth quarter, and he was able to really research that Thunder team. But, you know, Tyus Jones, he played some pretty phenomenal defense on Russ, and he kind of threw him out of whack to begin the game. Yeah, which is, you know, that's all completely true, but it's also saying a lot of good things about Russell Westbrook because what was he, 10 of 19 tonight from the floor? Yeah, I, Russ, I'm, yeah, 10 of 19. Yeah, just statistically, this is the best shooting night he's had in, what, three weeks? Right. This is the first time he's made double-digit buckets in, in quite a while, and he looked just a little bit more comfortable considering how terrible offensively he looked last night. And I know... You know, if anybody's listened to the pod, the last podcast, I, I damn near crucified Russell Westbrook and actually <laughs> um, kind of 
swishing the game around in my in my mouth for the next few hours after we recorded that show last night, I kind of felt I was talking to my family the next day, and I was like, you know what, I feel, I feel like I was a little bit harsh on Russell considering how everything worked out because that game was just it was just exciting to watch as a fan of basketball. It was exciting to watch as a media member, mm-hmm. and games like that, it's hard to just take in every little factor. You know, it kind of takes you a few hours to kind of recharge your batteries and understand, okay, this happened because of this, this happened because of that. And um, because of that, I, I just felt like maybe I was a little bit too harsh on Russell Westbrook. But tonight, it looked like a little bit of a step in the right direction, got to the basket a lot, despite mm-hmm. the good defense Minnesota was throwing at him, like you said. Um, still a little bit of a hiccup with his shot because he did airball a free throw and then yeah. <laughs> short rimmed the second free throw there's still a lot of problems with his shot what it is you and i do not know nobody knows nobody only, knows. Russell, only russell westbrook knows and but again this was a step in the right direction it just it, it at least looked like last year this was just an average russell westbrook game sadly for him so far this is about this is a good russell westbrook game for this season but mm-hmm. it's a step in the right direction so in that sense it's you know, you should be excited if you're a Thunder fan. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the M.O. of Minnesota. Tom Thibodeau, a great defensive coach in the NBA. It's always going to be a tough outing. Uh, Minnesota is probably one of those teams that most teams do not want to see on the second night of a back-to-back, let alone such an emotional victory that the Thunder had to eke out the other night because Minnesota just throws so many good defensive schemes at you, and they've got guys that aren't scared to play 47, 48 minutes a game because that's what Thibodeau wants you to do. Um, But, you know, having said all that, I I really feel, and I hate placing blame on officials, but I I really felt like tonight the officials did a poor job of just doing a poor job of their jobs. I Mm -hmm. mean, I don't know if you saw it, because I wasn't in the the arena tonight. I was spending christmas with my family because i'm going down to houston for the rockets game on christmas day but you were in the arena madison i don't know if you caught in the first or second quarter (laughs) when uh alex abrina subbed in for paul george paul george didn't know about it Uh, and for about yeah for about seven seconds the thunder had six guys on the floor and the officials didn't they didn't do anything about it (laughs) yeah and paul george even tried to spot up from the corner (laughs) (laughs) So that happened. There looked like a whole bunch of just inconsistency in the amount of physicality they were giving up. And then, of course, that Jeremy Grant bad call on Jeremy Grant. Excuse oh, yeah. me. Um, I really felt like that, that foul call really swung the game. I felt like if Oklahoma City got the possession, because I believe they had a one-point lead at that point, they had the possession – the way that the momentum was going, the way that their offense was going, I felt fairly confident that they would get a bucket. Now, of course, they they did. They probably wouldn't have, but I felt the way it was going, they were going to get a bucket. And I felt that the Thunder were probably going to eke out another victory. But that that was such a huge swing, and I'm I'm very interested to see what tomorrow's two minute report is going to show. No, right, and I don't know, just there are a lot of, like, wacky things about this game, especially uh, there in the third quarter, just when the Thunder completely lost their momentum. I think they came out of halftime, and they did not have my, uh, what do I, my magical halftime talks. You know, the they Thunder, had the opposite of They that. had the, quite the opposite. I think that magical halftime talk went over to Minnesota's locker room because Minnesota was able to come out, and they outscored the Thunder in the third quarter, 33-17. to 17. So it was just kind of a 
kind of an anticlimactic kind of thing because the Thunder were able to go to the locker room, I think, with a 10-point lead. So they come out, and Minnesota is just firing Thunder or not. So it was a little disappointing on that part. But uh, then again, you know, Terrence Ferguson did not come back out after halftime. He left with an illness. And yeah. uh, that was – that's interesting in its own. That stinks. I mean, this close to the holidays, you're having to deal with an illness, especially if you have to play on Christmas Day. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was just uh, – there was just a lot of, like, interesting things. I don't want to say weird because it wasn't really a weird game. It was kind of a game that I knew the Thunder were going to have to really press to get this win. And also, I think they're going to start having nightmares about the score 114 to 112. Uh, <laughs> that has <laughs> that just is been true. not – that's just not been great for them. They did get that last-minute win over the Nets at 114-112, turned right back around, lost to the Bulls at 114-112, and now they had to take this loss to Minnesota going into the Christmas Day game at 114-112. So, you know, that's just not going to be their favorite number anymore. <laughs> Sadly not. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because I just realized I was, I'm, I've been looking at scores and, yeah <laughs> – that's but just that's with, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck? Math is, numbers and math are funny. Numbers are but interesting. It, you know, overall, you know, you can take away that Jeremy call, the Jeremy Grant no call, um, or the call that just wasn't the correct call. But you can you can just kind of take that away, take a few other possessions away, and just look at this game and say, this game was lost in the first quarter when the Thunder gave up six or seven turnovers and the Timberwolves scored 10 points off of those turnovers. Mm-hmm. And in the third quarter when the when Minnesota outscored Oklahoma City 33-17 to 17, and the Thunder committed nine turnovers and the Timberwolves scored um, 11 points. And those were the big swings because the Thunder only turned the ball over 13 times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was an uncharacteristic game because the Thunder didn't do their thing in the third quarter. They didn't do their thing in the first quarter. They they just looked lethargic, and that's you're going just you should expect that from a team coming off of the second night of a back to back. And this is actually the Thunder's first loss on the second night of a back to back. I believe prior to tonight they were three or four zero on the second night of back to back. So at some point this is going to happen with them, and it happened tonight. But the good thing for this team is. Now, I was, I was watching the game with my dad and kind of looked at him at the end of the first quarter going into the second quarter, and I looked at him and said, you know, this is probably going to be the first game where the Thunder get blown out. And, Madison, I know you and I have explicitly talked about that on this podcast right. a handful of times. This team has lost now 11 games. I can't recall a time that they've been just dominated or destroyed. You know, yeah, like no. this This team fights, and they had every reason and every right to just say, Let's pack it in, have the day off, travel down to Houston, get ready for the Christmas Day matchup against James Harden on the road. They wanted to win this game, and I I, I came away more impressed in this loss than mm-hmm. I would have been probably in a blow in a blowout loss, or even if they had eked out the win, just because I, I like to fight this team, and it's a fight that I felt was incredibly absent last year. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how they do rebound from this and go into a Christmas Day game. I, I've noticed that this team this year, they like you said, they have a lot of fight in them. So I think they're going to really take this loss against Minnesota, and they're not going to want to let something like that happen again. So I think they're going to go to Houston with a little bit more fire under their feet. 
and uh, we'll just see how they perform there. Uh, a couple things that I found interesting, I was going to just throw them out there and see if you had any comment on them. Um, we were talking about the Carl Anthony Towns and Steven Adams matchup. So, you know, Carl Anthony Towns was really having his way with Steven in that first half of the game. And kind of what I wanted to bring to light was how good do you think Steven Adams can be guarding a center uh, around the perimeter? Because Carl Anthony Towns took a couple of three, sh uh, three point shots tonight. And that's not really something Steven is that used to guarding unless it comes to like Denver or another team like that. But Steven is actually pretty dominant under the, or underneath the rims, uh, just around the paint. But when he has to step out there, you know, how good do you think he can be on defense when it comes to that? I mean, defensively, over his career, that, that has been the Achilles heel for Stephen Adams. It's just a center that can stretch the floor. It's another athletic center that kind of negates Stephen Adams' own athleticism. You know, your guards, your centers like Nikola Jokic, uh, um, Anthony Davis, of course. You know, Thunder fans kind of know what I'm talking about, considering a week and a half ago he put up 40 against Stephen Adams. You know, guys that force him to stay away from the paint and try to either overhelp um, move off off screens and basically try to use his athleticism against him in terms of just trying to shoot three ball. But it's been a work in progress. And this year Adams has had, has made great strides in defending guys like that because yes, Anthony Davis dropped 40, but you know what? Ask Anthony Davis if he, <laughs> if he works his ass off for those 40 points, because every time Anthony Davis, or Jokic plays against Adams, they'll say usually the same thing. Mm -hmm. They worked their ass off for those points, and they scored those that amount of points because those guys are top 10, top 15 players in the world, and they're just capable of doing that depending on the matchup. And when, it, when their name is called, they can drop 40 points like that. But um, to what you were saying with Carl Anthony Towns, I – I've always felt that Adams has that matchup down because say what you want about Carl Anthony Towns and his talent and his potential. I think the guy's incredibly talented. It's a little bit on the soft side. That's always been kind of the nagging issue with Cat mm -hmm. um, since he's been a rookie. And guys like Adams who can just out-physical him, you know, will get him out of his game. And I thought Adams did a really good job of settling in after, you know, probably, you know, once you play basketball after playing a game, like the Thunder did the night before, it takes you about, I don't know, six, seven, eight minutes to just kind of get your legs back under you, and you're like, okay, now I'm back in basketball shape. My The adrenaline's pumping. Let's start playing. And once that kind of that momentum started falling for the Thunder, I felt Adams really shut down Carl Anthony Towns and did a good job of um, neutralizing his talent. And even the Thunder took that lead in the fourth quarter, like late with, 20 or so seconds left off of a Russell Westbrook miss. And Adams got, gets this really awesome offensive rebound and the putback to give the Thunder a one-point lead. And that mm -hmm. just kind of shows you how the strides that Adams, that Adams has made over his career. And, I mean, I don't know. You were in the arena tonight. I, I don't know if you were there at this point, if you had left already. But Adams left in the third quarter, didn't come back for about 12 minutes until about midway through the fourth quarter. What happened? Uh, I don't know if Matt and I were still there. We may have already been walking over to Flynn at that point. Uh, yeah, I do not know, actually. I didn't even know he left. Yeah, he, he left for an extended period of time, a little bit more than his usual break, and he came back with that little 
that KT tape on his shoulder. So something to do oh, with okay. his shoulder. But didn't really look that. He looked normal when he came back, but it was just, it was one of those things where you kind of realize, oh, Steven's been out for quite some time. I wonder right. what's going on. But Did he take a again, hit? It, I, I don't, I can't remember. I can't remember a time where he fell to the ground or if he got caught on a hard screen. I, I can't, I can't recall like a certain play where it's like, oh, okay, that's where he got hurt. But oh, I was okay. just curious if you were actually, if you actually knew and I didn't pick it up. No, I guess not. We must have been in transition at that point because I did not know about that. Yeah, you got to eat the free food. How was the food, by the way? So the food was good. Uh, that was my first time at Flint ever. Um, it was yes. real shout nice. Out to Flint. Yeah, shout out to Flint. Great environment. Good food. Good drinks. Good people. Um, I had. I'm not going to say this right. It's the shark. Oh yeah, the. the sh- How do you I'm say that? Say I'm it. not bougie enough to say that. It was the I cheese and cracker board. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to say it tonight because I've had one too many glasses of Christmas cheer, so <laughs> I don't even want to try and sound like even more than an idiot than I am, so no. we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, honestly, it was just a really nice and fancy, uh, it was not crackers, sourdough bread, sourdough bread and cheese, and honestly, I could eat cheese and crackers for like every meal, so yeah. it was awesome, big thanks to Flint for having that. And, uh, yeah, but no, I, I really didn't know anything about Steven Adams getting hurt. Um, it was really interesting. Brady was actually the one who shed light on the fact that Terrence Ferguson wasn't coming back. Um, man, tis the season. Just everybody's weird. sick. Everyone's <laughs> sick. I'm surprised you and I haven't been sick considering we're in the locker room every damn night. Uh, well, you know, I went through that like weird plague where I barely had a voice there for like a week and a half. So I'm really, I'm just happy to have a voice back. I talked to you. I know. We're all all happy you have your voice back. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) There's actually, there's actually a question. We just got a question on Twitter uh, from Mr. Ben Noble. Shout out, brother. Appreciate the question. And it was actually about the topic that I wanted to get to you because, um, it's it's actually quite important. The last Thunder possession that could have taken the lead, mm-hmm. of course, the Russell Westbrook drive and kick out to Alex Marinas, which Billy Donovan said was the correct basketball play, and I will agree I it agree. was the correct basketball play. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's at this comes from at Ben R Noble one. So thank you once again. He asked the potential and downfall of the kick out to a Brinas three point shot thought. Now, we can ask go or whenever that New Orleans Pelicans game was when Russell did the same exact thing and, and found Alex Abrinas for an elbow three. Abrinas, of course, missed the Thunder lose. You and I both said this is the correct play. Mm-hmm. It was the correct play for Russell Westbrook to make. It was the correct play for Russell Westbrook to make because Alex Abrinas needs to hit. He needs these opportunities to be the guy that hits a game-winning shot because a player like Alex Greenis, who is a role-playing three-point specialist, you need him to have that confidence to knock down shots like that, not just in December, not just in February in the regular season, but once you get to the postseason. That's when teams go far is when your seventh, eighth guy in your rotation has the confidence that I can win this game. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you find me, if you draw up a play and get me wide open, I'm going to knock this damn thing down and win us the game we're all going to go home. Right. So in that vein, it's all correct. My problem is, what is wrong with Alex Sabrinas? Yeah, I mean, it's a fair question. I, I think Alex is right now a little in his head when it comes to taking that shot because 
what game was that, Brady, where he was forced to take that last three-pointer and it didn't go in again and the Thunder lost that game? Was that yeah, the, it was the Pelicans. It was the Pelicans game. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think Alex might just be a little in his head when it comes to that shot. I think – because, you know, those plays, I, I mean, I'm just spitballing right here, but – I'm sure Alex gets to the huddle and Billy or someone else looks at him and says, all right, this is you. Like, we're, we're kicking the ball to you. And, you know, he is a professional athlete, so I'm sure he's not like some like what I would say and just completely spaz out if someone was like, hey, like game's on the line and you're going to make that last shot. But, you know, I, I, that is a lot of pressure to put on someone. And so Alex might just be in his head. He might have, you know, we don't even know. We, he might have been hit a little bit. He might have really been off. Uh, the, the Timberwolves may have been playing some pretty tough defense on him at that point. So, you know, I don't really know. But Alex has just been pretty off when it comes to those last or those last minute shots or those crunch time shots. And you know, he did make a what two or yeah. Oh no, he just made one. He made he went one of five for the three point line tonight. But. You know, it just it sucks that he can't make those shots when it counts. I mean, every shot, of course, is going to count in a game, but this one really could have solidified the win for the Thunder and brought them into the Christmas Day game feeling a little bit more confident, but it just didn't fall. And I'm sure Alex Abrinas is probably kicking himself for it. Yeah, well, look, the Thunder have won a bunch of games this year. They're 21-11. and 11. They're second or tied for second or third mm-hmm. with Golden State in the Western Conference. They have... They have quite the margin for error in terms of they've won enough games. They're not fighting for like the fifth, sixth, or the or the fourth spot in the West. So mm-hmm. they have that with them. If they were in that position, they probably let Russell take the take the shot at the rim or try to draw up a play to get Paul George the wide open look. Of course, that's what they ended up trying to do after the Timberwolves screwed up their final possession, and the Thunder had one more inbounds play, and Paul George just simply. You know, dropped the inbounds pass and had to force up a really bad yeah. deep three that just hit nothing but the backboard. Right. <laughs> um, if the Thunder are in a worse position, if they if 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 they're not twenty one and ten, let's say they're just sixteen and fourteen or seventeen and thirteen, they probably j- Billy Don probably just says Russ take the ball or kick it out to Paul. Mm-hmm. And that's the play because every, wins are more paramount in this position. But the situation the Thunder find themselves in is, if we lose this game, oh well, we're, we'll be 21-11. and 11. We need to get guys like Alex reps in this situation. So that's why I'm in total agreement with Billy Donovan. This was the right play by Russell Westbrook. It was the right play by the Thunder. It was the right play by Donovan to call, call this play up. And in fact, they got Alex Abrinas a much cleaner look on, the L, on this three than he had in New Orleans. I mean, mm-hmm. that New Orleans that look in New Orleans was he was initially wide open, but the Pelicans closed really quickly and made it a little tough on a brand. So you can probably say it's good defense on the Pelicans part. Mm-hmm. Tonight, there was no excuse. He was wide open both when he caught it and when he shot it, nobody was even around him within three or four feet. He just missed the ball. And my question is just, at what point do we just stop saying things like Alex Abrinas is a three point specialist because three point specialists hit that shot. Mm-hmm. Now, with the way the Thunder are winning games, of course, that the Thunder lose that game against the Pelicans and they go on a four-game winning streak, which ended tonight. So if they go on another four- or five-game winning streak from here on out and then they find themselves in that position again, just because of what I said earlier, in, in terms of like the seeding in the Western Conference, they're in a position where they can kind of tinker with 
late game clutch situations, give Alex Brantz that shot again. Mm-hmm. But if you go on a three or four game winning um, losing streak and you find yourself kind of fighting with uh, Golden State, the, the Lakers, you know those guys, those teams in the middle of the pack in the Western Conference currently, that's when it becomes more important to j- just let your your superstars try and win you the game. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's just unfortunate because we know Oxenbrinus is incredibly talented. He's a great shooter. It, sh- it just hasn't fallen for him, but. Again, I'm going to keep telling Thunder fans, if you want this team to do well, especially in the postseason, yes, Russell Westbrook's going to do his thing. Paul George is going to do his thing. Stephen Adams is going to do his thing. It's going to take more guys. Mm-hmm. It's going to always take more guys to get you over the top, and it's going to include guys like Alex Sabrinas. And if he can't hit that shot, then I don't really know what to tell you. He needs to hit that shot, yes, but also the Thunder need to have the confidence in him that if that situation comes up again, he needs to understand, I'm going to hit it this time. And that's the important thing, but unfortunately it just didn't fall for him. No, it just didn't fall for him tonight. And, I mean, that that definitely sucks. But I agree with you saying, you know, the Thunder have enough wins under their belt right now that it's not completely the end of the world. But yeah, if they do start going on that losing streak, it would probably be a better idea to rely on Paul to kick it out to Russ, see if he can do something. But, you know, Alex, that's just going to be something he's going to have to take with him and he's going to have to work on. He's going to have to get out of his head when it comes to stuff like that. And especially if he has that opportunity again, he needs to be able to prove to his team, to this organization, and especially to Thunder fans that he's capable of doing this. He's capable of taking that last shot. He's capable of knocking it down and stealing the win. So, I mean, definitely that – I don't even know what else to say. That just kind of sucks he wasn't able to do that tonight. But, I mean, that's that's the game right there. That's basketball, and it's going to happen. And Yeah. yeah, And, you know, we've been saying it for weeks. The Thunder schedule is going to get worse, and it's going to get harder. So, yeah, the Thunder can be a complete fraud and start losing a bunch of games and show us, show the world that they're actually an average team or a below average team. But I don't think you and I think that because this team has been so consistent defensively. They refuse to just kind of go quietly into the night and let themselves get blow out, blown out, even if they have all these reasons, like, oh, we're on the second half of back to back, or our best player in Russell Westbrook is airballing free throws mm-hmm. <laughs> they have every single excuse to just pack it in on some random nights but they refuse to do that so all logic kind of te- logic tells me that this is a good team that they are a really tough and gritty team and they won't let this tougher schedule kind of get to them they're going to win their fair share of games they're of course going to lose some but um overall i hate to say it but I I was very very impressed with this team despite the loss. No, me too. No, for sure. They I think they did force uh, the Timberwolves to run out the shot clock like five or six times tonight too. So you don't you don't really see that as often, but it takes a pretty good defensive team to kind of do that. So you know, good for the Thunder. They can just move on from this. Time to focus on Houston that Christmas Day game. Uh, that will be interesting. Merry Christmas, Matt and I were kind of talking about that. Um, there were there's a couple of good matchups on Christmas Day. Uh, not exactly the most exciting games in the world, but some good ones. There's some injuries, especially considering with the Thunder. There's no Chris Paul. Yeah. Which I, I believe last year when the the Rockets came to Oklahoma City, I do not think Chris Paul played in that game either. 
Chris Paul just doesn't want to play on Christmas Day, let's be honest. Chris Paul's hamstring wants him to retire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, we we actually, before we get out of here, Madison, we do actually have two questions for some late-night Twitter fingers. All right, late-night Twitterers, yeah. bring it on. Yeah, this comes from Connor vs. So, Connor versus everybody at Grand, Grand, or Grand Pondre 94. I'm sorry, it's late. What's up with Russ's free throws, and why in the hell did he not pass to PG? Do you want to take the free throw question? Uh, so Russ's free throws, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it was Brady who kind of touched on that. He did airball a free throw tonight. What in the Sam heck? Um, yeah, there was that point where he had two free throws, and he missed both of them. The first one was an airball, and the second one, that back rim got the best of him. I think Russell, when it comes to free throws – and I could be totally wrong about this. This is just my personal interpretation. I think when it comes to Russ's free throws, he's really focused on just having it have, like get that smooth swish through the net. And uh, sometimes he's not putting enough power in it. Sometimes he's putting too much power in it. And I think that's just a point where he's finally able to relax a little bit. I think he might be relaxing a little too much when it comes to those. You still need to kind of focus on those. You still need to... Uh, just really center in and zone in on making your free throws because that's the one time in the game that you can make a shot without anyone bugging you. So I think his free throws right now are lacking. Um, hopefully they're going to get better for him. Uh, you know, I just I think he might be thinking too much about his free throws or, I mean, he might not be thinking enough about his free throws and not focusing too much on them. He's in his own head. I think it's pretty clear. I think he's... I think he, there are times where he it's a balance if he's trying to force the issue. I think he saw a lot of that offensively last night with the, the Utah Jazz. And tonight it's just you think too much. And anybody that's ever played basketball, if you if you are clear of mind, you'll more than likely think that free throw. Mm-hmm. If you are thinking a mile a minute, who knows what could happen. Even You could even free throw a simple – you can even air ball – a simple three throw and that's what happened. So it's just something that Russell's going through. And it's something that we like as people that have covered the team or followed the Oklahoma city Thunder, we're not really accustomed to, but it can happen. And I think everybody, sh- everybody should just be thankful that it's happening in December and not three months from now, right. if it's happening three months from now, then raise the red flags. But um, it needs to, it needs to happen now because this is not going to continue for the next 50 or 40 to 50 games like Russell is going to figure it out he's going to be the player that we all know him to be it's weird it's at times annoying and hard to watch especially last night against the Jazz but the Thunder keep winning overall even though tonight they lose but they keep winning most of the time yeah no for sure and I agree with you I think it's better that it's happening right now and especially you know December December is kind of a weird month for basketball because it's no longer in the the newness of the season and seeing how players are going to come out and kick off a new season but it's not uh, so close to postseason to where every little move on the court matters so December is yeah. kind of weird. Um, I agree. I think Russell will figure it out. And he even kind of had this look on his face when he airballed that first free throw like a, what the heck? Like, okay, yeah, that, that was me, guys. That was all me. So, oh, you know, yeah. he, he understands. And I think that's the first step into kind of making those adjustments is to understand there needs to be an adjustment made. 
Something needs to happen. <laughs> Let's Something just, needs we'll, to happen. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. The last question comes from at S-I-F-U edition. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. <laughs> Did you think T. Ferg was actually ill, or do you think he may have a problem with frequent concussions? I think the latter. Afraid he might end up being the NBA's first case of CTE. Um, I've never even no, thought about that. We've had no reason to think that, and the reason why I say that is because if he was having concussion scares, he would be in the concussion protocol pretty much every time you and I go to practice. And Billy Donovan like never mentions it when we ask about injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, we always we always see Terrence Ferguson out with the team shooting. Um, and if he was in the concussion protocol, if you're familiar with concussions at all, you're not meant to be in well lit areas. You're supposed to be in you know dark areas and resting, mm-hmm. and that's not been the case with Terrence. Now, if we start going to practice and noticing that he's absent, I think that is a fair question to ask because he has had a concussion before, and um, concussions can kind of be a lingering issue, sadly. But we, as the media, like we as the media that cover the team on a day to day basis, we've never had a reason to think that. I, I, maybe it was, pro- it was probably just what the Thunder called it as just a simple illness. Mm-hmm. And hopefully for the Thunder's sake, he will be fine um, in two days on Christmas because the Thunder are certainly going to need him to try and just to be one of the bodies that they can throw against James Harden. No, right. And, I mean, I just to kind of finish off that thought, I think it's probably just a simple illness. I don't think uh, – Terrence, I mean, Terrence Ferguson is a human, just like all of us. He's going to get sick. <laughs> like these guys, I know they go through extreme uh, treatment and training, and they have lots of people taking care of them. They eat good food. They are really well taken care of, but, you know, they're going to get sick. Things are going to go wrong, and I think it's best to kind of just take him out if he's feeling super ill. So it's more of a, you know, you're not going to be in for the remainder of this game, but we're going to be able to use you going down the stretch. So. That's, you know, that's a good thing. I think the Thunder made a good decision decision taking a sick guy off the court tonight just so it doesn't uh, get worse and it doesn't affect the other guys. So that's really my two cents in that. Boom. Madison. Boom. I, I hope you have a super merry Christmas. Oh, thank you, Brady. I hope your Christmas was super merry. I hope you enjoy Houston. Have safe travels going. And uh, yeah, we, thanks for doing this. Uh, yeah, it's uh, 12.07 right now as we're recording. I am, I still haven't packed because I am a typical man. I have <laughs> yet to pack. And as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going to run back upstairs and start packing my clothes, go to sleep for about three or four hours, wake up at 4.30 and be on the road to Houston. So I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to help the franchise extend their coverage all the way deep down into southeast Texas to cover the thunder. It's going to be exciting Christmas. Christmas Day is always that much more fun because when you're hanging out with family and opening presents and doing all the fun Christmas stuff, you can always flip on the TV, hit mute, and you'll have NBA basketball on from morning till night. So it's going to be exciting. It doesn't get better than that. But, uh, yeah, with that, we'll wrap it up. And the Timberwolves do take this win over the Thunder at 114 to 112. Uh, The Timberwolves do improve to 15 and 18, 3 and 13 away. The Oklahoma City Thunder will drop down to 21 and 11, 12 and 4 on their home court. And next up for the Thunder, they will be having a Christmas Day game against the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets right now are 17 and 15, 10 and 5 on their home court. 
And uh, like we said, they will be without Chris Paul, so it will be an interesting matchup. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to us and for your questions. They do contribute greatly. A quick shout-out to our favorite Sooner fan and our franchise listener, Mr. Hype Man Harry Taylor. It is his birthday. Uh, well, Happy birthday, eight Harry. Minutes thank ago, you so much. And we're, a little, we're eight minutes late on the birthday, but we do want to give a shout-out to Harry. Thanks for always listening and for being just a wicked awesome dude. So... Happy belated birthday to you, Harry. And uh, yeah, everybody, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. Yeah, and real quick, Mr. OU Mensa Jr., <laughs> um, the Christmas party was fun. Thanks for asking. And of <laughs> course, everybody, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate this time of year. Thank you so much, and stay sexy. <laughs>